are we going to attempt to do how to buy a PC or shall we just cap it before that? Because um, that's a long discussion, actually. We can tell people how to buy a PC, and that's a great way to start episode 141 of the Overclock ZA podcast. South Africa's most accessible consumer technology podcast, hosted by me, Lindsay Shooter, sharpshooter on social media, occasional tech journalist, copywriter, freaking, I power a lot of the things that get sold to you, just by the way. <laughs> um, and I'm joined as always by the editor of the continent's largest consumer technology publication, cleverly known as Tech Magazine. Gavin Dudley, how are you doing, sir? I'm good, thanks. Better for seeing you, sir. Ah, yes, always a good time. We are two men sitting on a roof, <laughs> staring at a picture of a woman so it doesn't seem so <laughs> awkward. I've, I've left the door open like you would in a teenager bedroom. <laughs> I've cracked a window so the hot box doesn't, effect doesn't work. Um, Gavin, I was supposed to be reading this, as you are, on a browser because mm. uh, we are playing with the Huawei Nova's 8. Um, well, two. Huawei Nova 8. We Huawei each have a Nova Kind 8. enough. Um, on the stream, you will see, it will appear at some stage, an interview with Akram Mohammed, the Chief Technology Officer of Huawei South Africa, where he explains the present, future, and immediate... Yes, immediate moves of, of Huawei, Huawei South Africa, which is actually great. I, I, I like the Nova. It's a good statement piece. It's kind of, it's like a mid-range device. It's like what LG tried to do with the Velvet, which this is being recorded on, by the way. It's like a mid-range premium feeling thing with a good enough camera if you don't turn the lights off. And it's just kind of frustrating because of the, the, the actual EMUI experience. Now, yeah, this is something we've covered extensively on this podcast. I'm sorry if you're bored by it, but it's important how Huawei is doing to go from being maybe the second biggest or occasionally the biggest phone maker in the world to just drop off the scene completely. Not because they got bought out or went bankrupt, but just because no one bought their products. It's kind of very tricky for them. And, you know, to go from being such a titan of the industry to, you know, being largely insignificant in many markets, it's difficult. And it's difficult for the whole industry to see a big player getting knocked around by politics. It has nothing to do with tech at all. It's entirely to do with politics difficult to watch all that but as a result we do feel it's important to keep tabs on everything Huawei is doing and Nova is their brand it's not a new brand but it's being newly reintroduced to South yeah. Africa yeah they they brought out two phones but we're playing with the upper end one which is the Nova 8 which is not a new phone by any means it's yeah, a it nearly came, a year old yeah it was launched in I think October 2020 in the Chinese market and then slowly made its round way it's around blah, slowly made its way around the world in Russia first and then India and to us like in it's, August its yeah. claim to fame is that it's the affordable flagship now we've heard lots of people recently producing these affordable flagships the oppo reno 5 is the biggest example i can think of so so for me i i see this as a flagship in in design only where it's like it has no headphone jack which is kind of ridiculous it has no waterproofing yeah which is kind of ridiculous for a 10,000 rand phone it has no 5g yeah which that is kind of ridiculous for point. 10,000 yeah. rand phone um, 11,000 rand 11,000 rand mm. phone it 
has no wireless charging. It does come bundled within the box, a 66 watt Huawei supercharger. That's really fast. And because it's a properly branded one, it probably won't blow up your house. Yes. Yeah. Or I've, I've, <laughs> I've, we were just having this conversation. I'm sitting with um, a, a C-Link car charger, which is a Qualcomm Quick Charge 3.0. And then I also bought a power delivery um, travel charger. And I'm just waiting for my phone to explode <laughs> when I plug it into that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they really are playing with physics here to get those electrons to pour into your phone at that speed without things getting super hot, without something melting down, without something short-circuiting. Very dangerous. Okay, but we're getting a little yeah, off topic. But so overall, I, I, I enjoy the experience. It's just the, the phone clone stuff and pulling down like my previous Huawei kind of data has not been as seamless as I remembered it to be like on the P40. Um, there's been a couple of frustrations. It's, yeah, it's... I'm, I'm still having some teething problems. I'll be able to tell you next week more about like where I am. But, but the reason it does manage in my book to pass off as an affordable flagship is things like, well, the design is truly beautiful. The screen is an OLED screen, which these days you can get, you know, in the sort of budget range as well. But it's a really beautiful screen. Um, it's got curved glass. I'm not a fan of curved glass. The yeah. glass that wraps around the edges of the phone. I just bump it all the time. My fingers get on it all the time. I don't dig it. But those are the kind of things you associate with flagship phones. Another important stat, 8 gigabytes of RAM. RAM is the kind of thing that actually keeps your phone feeling fast and furious, even after its processing power and is no longer And 90 hertz. Okay. Display. Okay, yeah, the 90 hertz display. So high refresh display is another thing we talk about all the time. As far as you're concerned, the only blimmin' difference it's going to make is when you're scrolling through your Instagram feed, it scrolls more smoothly. But for that, there's a price premium being attached to the phone, not to mention the impact on battery life and other things. Yeah. So our jury is out on whether high refresh screens are such a big deal. But you get one anyway with... Uh, uh, Nova 8. It's 90 hertz, not 120 hertz, like the best in the business, but 90 is pretty good for openers. And as I say, screen's great quality. 8 gig RAM is the kind of thing keeps your phone rocking long after its other specs have died down. I don't know, my results with the camera has been good enough. So it's not you know, blowing my hair back or yeah. anything, but it's also not letting the side down. So you're getting great design, great build quality, really nice screen, lots of RAM to keep things fast. And decent no, cameras. And so, no Google services. Okay, and then we all know. the elephant but, in the room, the Google services. Yeah. But that's that's for another thing. The other so Huawei are now number two, still number two in the market. Or so they say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they are now moving away from like super budget phones. Um, that's below two thousand Rand. Yeah. So mid range is kind of where they want to play now. They wanna they as Akram explained, you can go listen to that. You can go listen to him say it himself, where they are now playing on their premium kind of branding, which is a great move for them. Do you know who else is now number two in their market segment, Kevin? Xiaomi has mm. just surpassed Apple. For, think, for phones? No, for wearables. Oh, yes. No, so, no, 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 no. That's been coming for a while. So it's yeah. now, they have a 19.6% market share versus Apple's 193 Mm. So between the two of them, that's nearly half the market just between the two of them. But Apple has uh, been in the lead in that race for such a yeah. long time. When it comes to wristwatches, Apple is still by far yes. the market leader. <laughs> that's only because, as the same with the phones, you know, they only sell four phones. So it's easy to make any one of those phones look like a bestseller. But that's just because the range is really small. Same with the watch. They sell one watch. Samsung, I think, sells four, something like Dude, that. Xiaomi's got like six I or heard seven. something mm. like they sell more watches 
per month than like tag um, yeah. and like Rolex combined. Yeah, no, that doesn't surprise me at all. Actually, doesn't surprise me at all. Um, however, I mean, the definition of wearable is always a bit weird because some people include headphones and some people don't. I don't know if you're including headphones. In no, your I wearable think this is, this is just like wrist wearables, like okay. bands, and because while like Xiaomi makes just a whole bunch of stuff, so they own. What's it? Huami. It's it Huami. It's H A U H U A M I, and they make Amazfit, and I think it's Zap Zap. Zip. Don't know it's any of these. Band. I mean, they're not they're not really in South Africa in any significant way. So Amazfit way. is in South Africa. Um, in a you significant can, way. You though. can buy it on Takeo. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> Xiaomi definitely a company to watch closely. Uh, because we're probably going to get to know them around their phones. That'll be for the first year. My by the end, my daughter's rocking the Smart Band Six right now, and she's quite smitten by it. By the end of the first year of of Xiaomi aggressively marketing in South Africa, we're going to be much more familiar with everything else Xiaomi stands for, which is largely these days smart home stuff. Now, I've had some experience with some of their smart home light fittings these last two or three weeks, and I have to say it has been extremely entertaining to have smart home lights. Um, I've been setting little schemes when they will go on and off, when they will brighten, when they will dim. They go on when I walk into the room. They cycle through different colors. Mm. They do all sorts of incredible things, and it creates great ambience, actually. And actually, it's it's fitted out my work-from-home space rather nicely, having these Xiaomi lights to play with. The point is, Xiaomi is into lots and lots of things. I'm probably not exaggerating when I say they have a 1,000 products in their catalog. Uh, I don't know that for sure, but we know they've got many, many, many products, and we're going to see a lot more from them in the coming days. Uh, yeah, other things, Apple, obviously there's the big iPhone event on the 14th of September. We'll be chatting directly after that. I think we can yes. post that as a, just to see, I'm, I'm predicting a big step forward for the iPhone. Uh, I think it's going to be... I think uh, most people are predicting the opposite. They're thinking it's going to be a small iterative job. Nah, just because they've got this M1 thing going on now and that's occupying possibly. them. But I, I think we're just going to get a slew, like a ton of devices next week. They have a lot of unfinished business in terms of leaks that have been out there. Mm. Um, but you have put in this note here, a little bit of a mobile CPU ranking. Yeah. Where, where is this data from, Gavin? Uh, this comes from Notebook Check, which is one of the most credible sources. They extensively test yes. all their CPUs and then, you know, it's display all their characteristics, even the in-depth in text geek stuff. Um, but it was interesting to me to see that Apple obviously dominates the mobile processor game. Yeah. The M1 processor, which actually powers its computers, is considered a mobile processor because they managed the to iPad squeeze Pro. it into an iPad, which means they may be a hop and a step away from fitting it into a phone. I don't think they will do that, but we'll see. So the top three here, the mm. Apple M1, the Apple 12, those are we can disregard all, those twelve um, iPad processors. Yes, so this is the the A twelve, much older processor, which they so just the been upgrading. X and Zs, they, yeah. they add a couple of cores, they so, tweak the GPU. A so little what bit. we'll say is that Apple's M one is the runaway leader, but yeah. their 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 first true mobile processor is the A fourteen Bionic, yeah. which is in the current range of iPhones. The iPhone twelve. Yeah. And right behind them is Huawei's design, which is called High Silicon Kirin. Kirin's their brand name. The nine thousand is narrowly behind Apple, so they've closed the gap a little bit. Good luck getting one though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because but those Apple, are Apple in short opened supply. a huge gap on the market with the, the iPhone twelve and its A fourteen processor. Then it's Snapdragon. Triple which is Qualcomm, which is the all singing, all dancing Triple Eight. Again, used in very few 
phones that we've actually used because it's only top 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 end phones that end up with a triple eight processor in them yeah yeah um and samsung right behind them is with this exynos processor which they are looking to use more and more in their top end phones the 2100 yeah 2200 yeah. is the one that you're looking out for so which is going to come with the amd graphics yeah yeah so the reason i brought this into our conversation is just to show that apple doesn't have a complete runaway lead on the market it's a 14 bionic processor was fabulous a year ago when they brought it out but now huawei have caught up qualcomm snapdragons have caught up samsung's exynox has caught up and at the very bottom of the list you'll see the mediatek dimensity 1200 mm. so mediatek has always been considered a second class processor but they are very close to breaking into the top 10 when the 1200 comes out. Um, the MediaTek Dimension 1200. It's going to be a while. There's a channel called Speed Test G. Mm. Um, and they have a very detailed test that they run uh, that tests CPU, GPU, mixed, all those kinds of performance metrics across a range of different applications. Um, and it's a, it's a interesting, like you get a final speed number. Mm. Um, okay. And you can compare so phones compare directly, like yes. head to head. It even works from Apple to Android. Okay, right. Um, and like, go check out that. There's a... What's it called again? A speed Test G. Okay. So it's run by Gary Sims. He used to be part of the Android Authority crowd. Mm -hmm. He does a lot of impressive, Index excellent tests. coverage on um, like processors and mm. technologies, that sort of thing. Um, in my experience, most people have no idea what processors in their phone. They might have a kind of a brand name, but they don't really know how it, how it stacks up against any others. But it's important because the Dimensity 1200 actually outperformed the Exynos 2100 yeah. in one of the tests, which was amazing. Yes, and so what we're seeing is there's a lot of competition at the top there. I think. I think we're definitely looking at a world where, as we predicted years ago, the mobile processor and the PC processor converge on the same point, and we no longer have two completely different species mm. there. Apple proved that with the M1 when they squeezed it into an iPad, and I think everyone else is looking to do the same. Some of these processors in your phone are easily good enough to run a laptop, so mm. we'll see how that goes. Okay, so just, just to recap, it's wait, kind of... Wait, 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 wait. Uh -huh. What okay. I find hilarious about this is... Currently, Samsung, you'll see a lot of benchmark scores coming out uh, where they're trying to optimize the Exynos 2200 with the AMD RDNA 2 <laughs> um, architecture powering that. And then they're like, oh, it's beating the current A14 Bionic chip. And it's like, guys, there's, there's an iPhone coming out next week. Yes, you've just now caught up with where they were a year ago. <laughs> yeah, okay, we'll see how that goes. So um, just in summary then, Apple's still ruling the roost, and we can expect that they're going to hang on to that. I'm almost sure they're going to um, launch a new killer processor in yeah. the next few days. Uh, yeah, just the next few days. Um, that will be Apple stays at the top of the list. Below that, Huawei High, High Silicon Kirin 9000. Below that, Qualcomm Snapdragon that's used by everybody that's not Samsung. And then Samsung Exynos processors. So it's Apple, Huawei, Sna uh, Qualcomm Snapdragon, Samsung, and then trailing a little bit is MediaTek, who used to be a second-class player. I'm that's, just, that's, that's, that's I'm just clappy for them, clapping for them because they've made it to the main table. Which is important. Yes. But Gavin, things that Apple are failing at, allegedly, was <laughs> a bit of a nothing burger of a story. Yeah. Um, only 6% of shoppers with iPhones in the US are using Apple Pay. Mm. Okay, so what's Why is this a nothing burger, Gavin? What, uh, um, I'm sure you can tell us why it's a nothing burger, but what interested me is that when they launched Apple Pay, something like 
10 or 12% of all the Apple products actually supported Apple Pay. But over time, that has grown and grown. So now it's closer to 50%. So 50% of all Apple products now support Apple Pay. However, the number of people using it is not really going up. It was 5% four years ago and it's 6% today. So I don't really know. I've never used any of these payment systems. I have experimented with them, but I've never relied on them. Um, so a roundup of the whole market is of all the phone payment systems on the go, Apple Pay constitutes nearly half of all the transactions. In the Pay US. Yeah. PayPal, 25%. Google Pay, 10%. Samsung Pay, 10%. So those are in the US. Yeah, there's a whole lot of others that are not here, you know, Garmin Pay and others. But the point is that no one's using these things extensively. If, so I, if, if Apple, the biggest of them all, can only get 6% of its users to do it, then... Everybody else must be on one and two so, percent. So I have some anecdotal yes. data between my wife and I. My wife is very impressed by Apple Pay. Okay. But the credit card that is compatible with Apple Pay is one that we don't use often. That's like the emergency one. Okay, so you, you say it's compatible because that bank supports yes, it. Yes, it's a discovery so, one. Okay, so which banks don't support Apple Pay? Um, in South Africa, yeah. most of them. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's just F&B and Net right. Bank, right? That's all the Visa cards. Okay. Visa cards, uh. you can rock Apple Pay. MasterCards, not so much. Holding out. Okay, so, so this is a problem for me because I'm currently on the iPhone because I was still trying to install a couple of apps on the, on the Huawei Nova. Um, and then I figured out that Standard Bank now supports Fitbit pay so now my footprint sense is quite amazing because i can now do contactless payments with my right. iphone so so Lindsay is part of that fraction of a percent yes. who goes around and taps their watch onto things to pay so yes yes and it's like so unbelievably geeky man. here's the problem so with a a home button um iphone it's easy in a masked world since the pandemic and we've all been using freaking masks wearing masks much harder to unlock face id mm. becomes a bit of an issue and this will put a lot of people off of using it and then it's just more convenient to pull out your freaking card okay so step us through you you go to the spur you order a burger and a shake yes you get to the, the checkout and now you want to pay your bill yes. what does step us through what you're going to do for apple pay uh you assuming you've got an iphone right yes hmm. so you're going to double press the side button um you it's going to tell you to authenticate with like face id and then you're going to tap on the thing okay do you, you have to run an app or does the double press activate the app it automatically? activates the app right so when you double press it knows you want to pay for something yes so then it immediately starts checking that you are who you say you are yes. which might require you to lower your mask yes. or you can can you fingerprint oh you can't fingerprint it no anymore, not at in all. the new iphones yeah. right so on, a, on an se or on an iphone 8 hold or an iphone button, you can fingerprint you, yeah, you, it yeah you then it's pretty much you double pressing the home button yes and then that will also authenticate right and then you can just pay Okay, I think, I'm sure you're leaving out some steps, but I'll take your word for it's it. It's pretty, it's pretty simple, dude. The okay. same thing like with Fitbit Pay, I just have to hold the side button. Um, sometimes it will ask me for the pin if it's uh -huh. like the first time I'm doing it that day. And then I just tap my, that enables the NFC tap stuff. Tap your watch I just, on. Okay. Uh, just tap so from there, button. it's the same as tapping your credit card. Yeah. 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 So, and then a lot of times, like, if you had like pull the mask down and like mm. do all those, that is easier to just pull out your card. But I just find that like with the watch, it's on my wrist anyway. Yes, I don't have to like yeah. take anything out. 
And the Apple Watch does the same, but only yes. if you have the phone in your pocket. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So the, the watch itself can't authenticate. The watch has to go to the phone to get the authentication yeah. done, but you only have to tap the phone on the yes. uh, tap the watch. On I believe that. Fitbit Pay um, does work independent of the phone because mm. it does Bluetooth it, and then when it syncs again, it gets a number of tokens. Uh, we've explained oh, tokenization yes, yes. like in okay. the past. But moving on. All right. One of the reasons they think that these phone payments are so low is because people are just finding taking out their card and tapping it on the thing easier. But let's not go but down But the that US road. market is also retarded. When yes, it, it really is. They are way backward in their They are now systems. getting to the mm. point where we are in terms of like tap to pay. Okay, but poor old FNB. Check out what happened to oh them. Oh my gosh. Okay. FNB has been denied damages in court. Uh, so... 2.9 million withdrawn. 2.9 million five. rand. Okay, there's this guy. He's, uh, if we're going to go by his name, Kachitile, uh, I assume he's a black guy. He's in an internet cafe searching for a job. He has just failed to get a loan from FNB for 6,000 rand to smart a, start a business. The reason he can't get a loan is because he's unemployed and he can't pay back the loan. So, so he can't start a business to pay them back. It's like just bizarre. So he couldn't even get 6,000 rand loan out of FNB. So he started, no, no. naturally, he just started an online lottery scam. No, 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 <laughs> no. That's not what happened. What happened was, while he's on the internet cafe computer he gets this message popping up that goes you've won the lottery please send us your banking details so we can send you money he says he and then someone phoned him he says it was a very british sounding person which i guess you know gives it an air of authority and um, he gave them his banking details but of course there's no money in his bank account because he's he's, he's jobless and he's looking for a job so there's no money in his bank account these people managed to extract 2.9 million out of FNB using his bank account, even though he has no money in his bank account. Then FNB turns around and tries to sue him for the money, you know, and it went all the way to court. I cannot believe that FNB let it go all the way to court, which they did. And the judge then struck down their case. So FNB is going to have to come up with its own 2.9 million rand to plug that little hole. Um, Shame. Because this, Shame. this poor guy, I mean, he's unemployed, destitute. You know, and you can understand why he went with the lottery thing. Hell, if I was in that position, you know, you've got nothing to lose. You've got no money they can steal. So This is an absolutely bizarre story, uh, and I don't think their lawyers have found the, the true root of it. I, 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 I like to live in a world where this dude just engineered this whole thing <laughs> and is now just living large. But anyway, besides the point, um, one place where there's also nothing burger of a story going around, ProPublica... Um, they did a story about WhatsApp employing thousands of contractors that can read, who can read your WhatsApp messages, and the WhatsApp is not as end-to-end -end encrypted as they make out, which is... So the point is... Turns they, out to be bullshit. Yeah, it's the moderators. These people are the moderators. So if you... I hope... I really hope that this never happens to you, but if you need to report a WhatsApp account, someone's abusing you online... Um, in, in WhatsApp, uh, sending abusive messages, sending child pornography, whatever, and you report it, and then it tells you that it's going to take this message and a couple of other messages and show and it to somebody. That these they moderators can are going to read it to see if what you're saying is in fact true so they can do something about it. So, I mean, this was a nothing story because 
the message is still completely secure as it gets passed from person to person. Yes. If I send Lindsay a WhatsApp, it's fully encrypted as it leaves my phone and it's encrypted until it lands on his phone. His yeah. phone then unencrypts it. So it's impossible to intercept, well, at the moment and mess with that at all. But if you then volunteer that information to these moderators, obviously it's not encrypted anymore because now you, you know, giving them the contents of the message because you want them to look into it. And now it's being made out like that's insecure. It's not insecure. Someone has actually volunteered that information it hasn't been stolen i think the background story is that people are concerned that whatsapp might have a way to go to your phone and dig up stuff and extract it for itself but i think that's quite a stretch that i think yeah so. so in south africa there is it's called the oic uh operation intelligence center it's administered by the state security agency ssa and they work with um, a prosecutor, so like no, normally a retired judge or magistrate. So if they have enough suspicion that you might be involved Building in... Building a bomb. Yeah. Or they can use your number, type it into the data. phone number, yeah. And then access your data on the network carrier level, which... Yeah can be as invasive as reading the messages that you are sending, um, this is basically, seeing which websites you are browsing. This is exactly like you see in the movies, basically. They decide so-and-so is a terrorist, and now the FBI has to go to great lengths to get inside their account and monitor their stuff, and they can't get access to the account unless they've got evidence to show that he's a bad guy. It's the same here, really. That's what you're saying. It doesn't mean that they're able to scan the you know entire South African internet for what's going on all the time. You know, it's just no, it's not possible, especially not at the rate at which traffic is increasing on the internet. Yeah. It's just not possible. Um, I, I think maybe we should uh, chat about the Apple event, but can I just throw in we one thing? We spoke about the Apple event. We, we have nothing to, to add. To okay. Add. So, the, uh, so the iPhone 13 coming out on the 13th. On the 14th. Will it be a 12S? No, it's a 13 by all accounts. We don't okay. know. We don't know. But if it is uh, an iPhone, it'll be the iPhone 13, we think. Um, and that's on the 13th, you say? The 14th. The 14th. On a Tuesday. It's always on a Tuesday. Okay. And we will, we will, we will yeah, bring we'll you have full coverage straight after like that. directly after that. To we'll discuss. go through all the throws um, and blows. Now, the last thing, well, one of the last things I want to talk about is aptX. So... AptX is created by Qualcomm, who makes the Snapdragon processors yeah. that go into most phones or most classy phones. Um, they have been working for some time on improving how music is carried over Bluetooth. Yeah. And that system is called AptX. It was quite revolutionary at the time because all Bluetooth music gets crushed down and compressed horribly in order to travel wirelessly from your phone to your headphones. So, you know, the, the audio quality was quite significantly damaged. So they set about trying to improve that. And AptX has been improving in stages. And now they believe they've got AptX to a point where it could be CD quality sound that's being transmitted wirelessly on Bluetooth. Which is 256 kilobits per second. Well, some people or think... Or 320, 320 kilobits per second. Well, some people think that true high-definition audio will be closer to 1 megabit per second. And they think they've got this... Well, actually, no, it will be closer to 1.5 megabit per second. That's the speed the traffic has to... So, uh, the data has LDIC, to travel. LDIC, which is Sony's one is, codec, that tops out at no. 990. Okay, but so like, just short. like... Like, 
I can't even get it to fire at that. Mm. But but sitting still, next to my phone <laughs> with zero thing, like sometimes it wants to. Like the planets have to align. Your your <laughs> internal like order has to be perfect. a certain like and you vibration. Have to, be listening to nice music, classical <laughs> music, <laughs> not that Kanye West stuff. Hey hey hey, instant <laughs> so, classic. So aptX is uh, Qualcomm's yeah aptX HD, and now they've gone beyond HD and. Uh, true high definition music needs to travel at about one and a half megabit per second. They've got their aptX up to one megabit per second, but they think they can still carry full CD quality music. So this will be very interesting to see. The problem here is that it will probably only be available on phones with Qualcomm processors in them, which yes. I would estimate is probably 40 or 50% of the market. I don't yeah, know, our something market like that. definitely. So yeah. like the Oppos of the world and that sort of thing. Yeah. But Oppo has another little riff on it that they use technology from a company called Dirac. Um, For their audio processing. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. audio processing is also a big thing. Vivo use a different chip on the devices as well. Mm. Um, an HD audio chip. And they also use like Dirac. Whereas like Samsung will use Dolby. Um, Dolby Atomos. But the the deposed king of audio reproduction is LG, but we can't talk about that anymore. No, no, we've no. We've spoken no, about no, it for no, so long. No I have a video in production mm. that I <laughs> painstakingly go through how to get the highest possible quality audio mm. off of your phone. Sorry, is this video already out? No, it's in production. Oh, okay. I, I need like maybe two more little setup shots so it speaks about the sony wf 1000 x right um it speaks about the sonos roam which is a wi-fi connected um, portable speaker as well um and yeah it just goes through all the codecs what you need because like we are now it's only spotify that is lagging behind with um like lossless audio mm. Well, yeah, uh, okay. Well, I mean, they, they're pretty good. I mean, they've got a 320 kilobit feed, which but is it's very not high. lossless. No, it's not lossless. Very few of them are, though. I mean, so Deezer is lossless, Apple is lossless, um, Amazon is lossless. So, your point is, <laughs> <laughs> I, I question lossless. Tidal is lossless. I question lossless. I don't think it's lossless, I just think it's maybe uncompressed yeah but that doesn't mean it's lossless it's playing flak files dude it's yeah you know, but flak is still compressed it's just lossless compression yes it's still compressed yes. okay uh, okay it's a very complicated issue but it's become really important as wireless headphones and bluetooth is now yeah. basically but what i find hilarious is mm. that we've given up the best possible way to get high resolution audio headphones <laughs> Headphone jack. Well, I, I would question whether we're going to call that the best possible way. Because it means you're relying on the phone's codecs to produce excellent sound. Yeah. And amplification and all sorts of other stuff. And what if your phone is not good at it? No, there are phones that do that badly. There are bad headphone jacks in the world. Um, and phones with bad chips that don't do the job properly, yes. I think. Mm. Yeah, like I, I definitely wonder about the, the headphone jack that's on my iPad. I mean, <laughs> that, that, that's not great. Going in or going out, that's not great. But then again, like the SE... The original SE, which was the last iPhone with a headphone mm. jack, had an amazing freaking headphone well, jack. On. I would also like to point out that the irony <laughs> is that Apple, who cut its teeth as the multimedia computer, has systematically lagged behind in the audio chase game. Like, because they know that people don't care about 
the quality. Yes, they just care about the convenience. And we know that because they sold them iPods. When they sold them iPods, everybody's AirPods. expect AirPods. AirPods. No, iPods. AirPods. No, the original iPods, which popularized MP3 as a format, you know. So Oh, at, oh like the, the Yeah, the, the original oh, you know, yes. before they were first. The remember remember player. those iPods. <laughs> no, not not the, the stuff that not, not in the ears, the no, the actual yeah. little player. Because that basically taught us all that we would trade in convenience. For, we would <laughs> trade in convenience for quality. MP3 is fine. Five thousand songs in your pocket. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, okay. uh, Gavin, let's wrap this up. Right. I'm just going to say one thing when it comes to telling people how to buy their next PC. One thing only you're going to say. I'm yeah. going to say this. Right no, sorry, now. we're out of time. Sorry, no, we've run out of time. We'll have to tell you next week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry. No, go ahead. Right now. <laughs> You can buy from 5,000 Rand all the way up to 50,000 Rand. Mm. You can buy a machine that might be able to suit your needs. Yes. So if you can afford to buy something nice, buy something nice and extract as much value out of it as you can. Yeah. If you can't afford to buy something nice, get the nicest thing you can afford. And use it without any guilt and don't let anybody tell you anything different. As long as you are not <laughs> trying to like run a triple A game on a 7,000 Rand machine. Yeah, I would have to say that gaming changes the equation a yes. lot. So we're talking now about regular folks who just want to get done regular stuff. Okay, gaming is a whole world unto itself. Okay, so what uh, if I came to you and told you I'd bought a 5,000 Rand computer, what would your response be to me? I would, it would say... be good for you. Uh, I hope all you're planning to do is read Facebook. Good for you. Never use Google Chrome <laughs> oh, as your okay. browser. <laughs> yeah. It will soak up your four gigs of RAM instantly. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I've tested three or four 5,000 Rand computers that were surprisingly good. Hmm. They were robust. They were well built. For me, the Acer Spin 1 is the winner there. Uh, yeah, yeah, but there have been a couple of others. There's a really nice Lenovo down that level. There's a really nice Asus down that level, um, even an HP. But, oh, man, it's actually a minefield how you go about shopping for a, for a laptop. The, as Lindsay says, the most important thing is make sure it's fit for purpose. Yeah. So be clear on what you're planning to use it for. Don't change the goalposts later. If you think you're going to change the goalposts later, in other words, all you want to do right now is balance the home accounts and surf a bit of Facebook, but you want to start a small business next year, then you better buy a laptop that can run a small business, yeah. uh, you know, with that in mind. So, and you can get yourself some headroom for growth. So even if you don't need a 17 inch screen today, perhaps you will, you know, going forward. So you might want to make sure you get some spec with headroom to grow. My feeling is laptops should last at least a year, at least two years, uh, three years is good. Four years is kind of pushing it. At that point, I hope that you bought an expensive machine. That's the only kind of machine that's going to mm. run for four years. And in that category, I would have to put all the MacBooks. Mm. Yeah, but but they like, do run for four years effectively. The, mm. the quickest way to make something feel fast on a PC is storage. So fast storage. So SSD. you're looking at SSD drive. Mm. So eMMC is kind of the lowest you want to go. Um, for, for that kind of speeds. So you don't want anything that says hard disk or HDD. Okay. Like for, for those who don't necessarily know what SSD is, it's basically a hard drive made up of memory chips. So instead of like records that spin around with a little arm reading the data, clapping. which was slow and <laughs> clunky and um, 
physical. This is entirely memory-based storage, except it's yeah. used for long-term storage. And your startup mm. times so are it's like extremely halved. fast. Now, thirty seconds, thirty <laughs> seconds tops to get your PC from. Then, me. then you want to mm. look at RAM. So yeah, minimum eight. Minimum, yeah, minimum eight. eight. Um, if you you can get by with four gigabytes. If you are not doing anything like crazy, yeah, yeah, if yeah. you're using like one app at a time, time yeah. not using mm. too many browser windows at yeah, one time. Yeah. Browser windows are the thing, yeah, that kill your PC. Uh, so. And outside of that, for 15,000 Rand, you can get a MacBook Air with the M1 processor. And I actually can't dispute that that would possibly <laughs> be the best laptop under 20,000 Rand. Yeah. It would be a MacBook Air with an M1 processor in it. Yeah. It will kill for at least two to three years, probably keep going for four. Yeah. Yeah. And and that that's the bottom line. And I'm I'm glad that we can come to this kind of agreement, Kevin. <laughs> I, I just am, capitulated. <laughs> I just capitulated. I didn't have the energy to challenge you. <laughs> Thank God for iStore um that who so generously dropped their prices well, to a level where Gavin was like, nah, nah, no, 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 no. The, the problem is that, of course, once you commit to that Apple laptop, you have to be sure you understand all the things that are not going to work the way you expect, the way they did on your last laptop. It's a paradigm shift in your head. So it's not as simple as having a new laptop. It's not that bad. It's, it's entering it's a whole new world. Bad. It's like living in one city and moving to another city. Yeah, you're still living in a city, but actually it's a completely different place you're living in. So the, the stuff kind of the wrong way around. Well, that's more. That's like you going from a Nikon camera to a Canon camera. Mm, no, it's actually no, a little bit easier than that. No. <laughs> Talking about that, Gavin. Ah, hmm. Sony A. What's it? A seven A seven Mark three. A seven Mark three. Yeah. What a machine. Mm. What a machine. So for context, there's always been a Nikon and Canon game, but for a long time, Sony has been challenging and challenging, and then they would have small victories where they would now sit on the the same tier as, as Canon and Nikon. And these days, I think a lot of professional photographers are taking Canon, uh, taking Sony that seriously that professional photographers have now started moving yeah, to the Sony. Only, the only knock that I have camera. against it is like the A7S III yes. is like the video demon. Okay. But the A7, so these are all full frame kind of cameras, uh, but the A7 III sits in the middle. So it does a little bit of video, does video very, very well, mm. but it does want to shoot stills more often than it shoots videos. Video. Mm. Um, battery life is incredible. Uh, this G lens, the, I think it's a, yeah, 24 to 105 mm -hmm. um, new lens. This thing is So it's quite a mini nice. zoom. It's like yeah, a light, it's, light zoom. Yeah. It's very good. It can get you like, all it's f it's f 4.5 though which is not the, not the as, best it's for strange because it looks like such a big yeah the, the glass lens it's, on the front looks so big totally like fine but i was out light. in sutherland so i was trying to do like astral photography and, and stuff i couldn't do it and for it, you it did it sure did it something yeah. uh, i didn't i forgot to take a tripod though so i was kind of balancing it oh. on the windscreen of the car critical <laughs> critical no man you can't go to sutherland without a tripod what the hell's wrong with you i boy? was packing very quickly uh but in terms of portrait photography it is incredible it's amazing stuff that um sony's colors are always all over the spectrum that's why <laughs> I, I prefer nikon and and canon because they're more consistent in terms of the color sure. processing you can shoot like i have three pictures of my kids taken in quick succession um portrait uh, I think I was at 50 mil there, and the sky is wildly oh, different. <laughs> oh. Are you sure it's not user error? Like no, you... it's the same conditions, dude. Oh, it's the same settings okay. on the camera. But well, yeah, what an incredible machine. How much is that? Eh? Oh, 
Oh, I think the body the body is thirty five grand, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, and then you're going to talk probably about close to ten for the better lenses. Yeah, I, sure. I don't I don't think you're getting much in lenses under six and a half thousand. Yeah, okay. Um, for for the full frame Sony's, um, yeah, like cameras. I've I've reached this point now where the cameras are so good nowadays. Yeah, that they are so much better than smartphones. But for everyday snaps, smartphones are also are so like, good. Yeah, really I mean, good. the the tide has lifted all boats. So digital photography, they've got better sensors in the phones, and they've got much better sensors in the actual cameras too. So Lindsay and I will be comparing notes on the Sony, and we'll talk about that a bit more next week. Yeah, and DJI is back. Uh, DJI pulled out the Osmo or the OM5. The yeah. So DJI, the premium drone maker, also makes a little gimbal-y yeah. thing, a handheld gimbal thing called the Oz. What's it called, the, Oz? It's just now the OM. OM, They've, okay. So it's the OM5, which is very similar to the OM4, but now has a built-in selfie stick, Kevin. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, I feel so fulfilled. Man, someone's going to go to hell for inventing the selfie stick, together with all those people who bought them. Yeah, that's no. great for the TikTok generation. No, no, no. There's, there's something to, to be like said for wider, it. Yeah, wider yeah, yeah. stuff. And camera manufacturers are starting to put really good sensors yeah. on the front of their cameras. I, I think the Nova is sitting with a 32 megapixel I've been, um, job. I went to watch the new Marvel movie. What's his name? Shang-Chi. And the Legend of the Ten Rings or yes. something like that. And the Actually, drone bracelets. shots. Oh, yeah, bracelets. <laughs> the drone shots in that were just astounding. I stood there trying to, uh, sat there trying to figure out how they actually got those shots. You can see the drone shots are very short, you know, it's like three, four seconds. But it's three, four seconds of glorious beauty, some of these shots. Because it's pristine quality, it blends seamlessly with the rest of the footage, you know, it's not. not I've like heard a, good things about hmm. this movie. Um, I think I'm going to check it out. Um, yeah. Definitely all, only legal ways so i might be visiting the cinema Ooh, um for the this uh yeah as you know disney plus is coming next year to south africa so they and say i think that is my story for this week oh okay. i am Lindsay shooters that's sharpshooters on social media that opinion guy on the internet that opinion guy.co.za is the website there is stuff coming i promise we are in full tech season yes i got like building up four different emails today alone <laughs> about That's stuff like happening. next week is, next week is going to be wild i've taken a bit of hiatus um from my tech coverage but yeah there's a lot of stuff coming down the line yes. starting with the apple event and that is just going to accelerate through the week um my closing comment to you are you a snob if you're a snob you might well be tempted to watch britbox britbox is the best of the bbc and the best of ITV. Those are the two premium um, uh, video companies or television companies in the UK. They've got these elaborate box sets that you've probably heard of. You know, things like Midsummer Murders and all this kind of thing. Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey, all that kind of thing. But huge amounts of premium, premium British TV content. Um, old stuff, new stuff, cutting edge stuff. And a whole dedicated channel on the Royals. So you can check out BritBox. I think the first week is free. It's going to be a hundred rand a month or a thousand rand a this year. This is all video on demand. Video on demand. So it's the streaming. Yeah, it's the sixth streaming service. We should count up the streaming services. I figured them as the sixth, uh, but you can try them out for a week. I guarantee you will get into British TV. I always have been over American TV, and I I've, prefer I've, the British office. For example, I have not left BritBox since I installed it. 
Um, I can't actually think of anything more boring. No, 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 no. You haven't looked. When you go there, you will find things. Okay. Is there a so, lot of David Attenborough? No, 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 no. It's actually, it's almost like dark, gritty crime stuff. I mean, they've just released a series now with, oh, what's his name? As a serial killer. His name is Dares in the in the series but it's based on a real story of this guy who just serial slaughtered people but it's all dark and gritty quite miserable in places but then there's a lot of levity and there's you know there's keeping up appearances and faulty towers and all sorts of other stuff my children are too young for me to indulge myself in those sorts of things in the mere two hours of oh, time right. I okay. get day. What, you need to listen to Kanye West and watch unboxing videos I suppose in those two hours what are you doing in the two hours what else are you watching that's better than BritBox YouTube oh <laughs> okay so <laughs> do that's give, enough give stop BritBox with the BritBox please okay I'm sure it's wonderful if you are old <laughs> <laughs> well, how rude! The how summer, rude. The, the, the what's it? The Gavin of '69. Oh, jeez, <laughs> making me feel like more decrepit than I actually am. Okay, ah, that's enough, guys. All Cheers. right, over and out. Bye.